Welcome in this episode of How We Got Here. Would you like to learn about the most popular Greek Orthodox saint, St. Nicholas, and the times in which he lived? Well, the Christian church was born into a one-world anti-Christian government, the Roman Empire, and it experienced three centuries of severe government persecutions. One of the notable church leaders who was persecuted in the late third century was St. Nicholas. He is as renowned to the Greek Orthodox Church as St. Peter is to the Catholic Church. St. Nicholas is popular to the Greeks and Russians as St. Patrick is to the Irish, or as St. Boniface or Winfred is to the Germans, or St. Genevieve is to Paris, or St. Olga to Kiev, Ukraine. Greek Orthodox tradition tells of St. Nicholas being born around 280 A.D., the only child of a wealthy elderly couple who lived in Patara, Asia Minor. Today, that's Turkey. When his parents died in a plague, Nicholas inherited their wealth. He gave generously to the poor, but did so anonymously because he wanted the glory to go to God and not to him. About this time in the third century, the pietist monastic movement spread. This is where sincere converts to Christianity would give away all their money and all their possessions and then withdraw from the world and live in a cave or as a hermit or join a monastery. And so this is what St. Nicholas did. Uh, one notable incident in Nicholas's life was when a merchant in his town had gone bankrupt. The creditors threatened to take not only his house and property, but his children. The merchant had three beautiful daughters. He knew if they were taken, it would probably be a tragic life for them of forced marriages or worse, even being sex trafficked. The merchant had the idea of quickly marrying his daughters off so the creditors couldn't take him. Unfortunately, the merchant did not have money needed for a dowry in that area of the world and at that time in order to have a legally recognized wedding. Well, Nicholas heard of the merchant's dilemma and late one night threw a bag of money in the window to provide the dowry for the oldest daughter to get married. Supposedly, it landed in a shoe or a stocking that was drying by the fireplace. It was the talk of the town when the first daughter was able to get married. Nicholas threw a bag of money in the window for the second daughter, and she got married. Expecting this for the third daughter, the father waited up. And when Nicholas threw the money in, the father ran outside and caught him. And Nicholas made the fa father promise not to tell where the money came from, as he wanted the credit to go to God alone. This was the origin of the tradition of secret gift giving and late night visits and stockings hung by the fireplace on the anniversary of Nicholas's death, which was December 6th in 343 AD. The three bags of gold, which Nicholas threw in the house, are remembered by the three gold balls hanging outside of pawnbrokers' shops, as they claim to also help rescue families in their time of financial need. As a result, Nicholas became the patron saint of pawnbrokers. After Nicholas had given away all his money, he decided to go on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land and join a secluded monastery of Zion. But before making his final vows, 
somehow the Lord impressed upon him not to hide his light under a bushel. He decided to go back to Asia Minor, but not before visiting the birthplace of Jesus in Bethlehem. Mark Twain wrote in Innocence Abroad, 1869, of visiting the Church of the Nativity. He said, this spot where the very first Merry Christmas was uttered in all the world, and from whence the friend of my childhood, Santa Claus, departed on his first journey to gladden and continue to gladden, roaring firesides on wintry mornings in many a distant land forever and forever. Nicholas returned to the southern coast of Asia Minor to the busy Mediterranean port city of Myra. Unbeknownst to him, the bishop had died, and the church leaders could not decide who the next bishop should be. One of the church leaders had a dream that the first person to come to church the next day would be named Nicholas, and he was to be their next bishop. Nicholas's habit was to fast all night and not eat until after communion, and then he would break the fast or break fast. As he was the first person into the church, they asked his name. When he said Nicholas, they said for him to follow them, and they told him of the dream and that he was to be their next bishop. Nicholas hesitated to accept because the Roman emperor was arresting bishops and killing them. He finally relented and became the Bishop of Myra. Soon after, Nicholas was arrested and imprisoned during Emperor Diocletian's brutal persecution of Christians. There were 10 major persecutions of Christians in the first three centuries, and Diocletian's was the worst. Generals of the Roman army had lost some battles in Persia, and when Diocletian asked them why they lost, they blamed it on the army neglecting to worship the Roman gods. Diocletian issued a mandate forcing all of the soldiers to return to worshiping the Roman gods. This created a problem, as many of the military had become Christians, as the previous emperor had been tolerant. Once all the Christians were purged from the military, Diocletian decided to use the military to force the entire Roman Empire to return to worshiping the Roman gods. And this began the worst persecution of the first three centuries. Pastors were arrested, churches were torn down, scriptures were confiscated, church records were destroyed, believers had their tongues cut out and were burned alive. Christians cried out in fervent prayer, and suddenly Diocletian was struck with an intestinal disease so painful that he abdicated the throne on May 1st, 305 AD. The next emperor, Galerius, continued the persecution, but he was struck with an intestinal disease and died in 311 AD. With no emperor, the Roman Empire was thrown into confusion. The four major generals decided to fight it out. And two were quickly defeated, and it came down to Constantine and Maxentius. Constantine was in York, Britain, when he received the news. He marched toward Rome to fight General Maxentius. The day before the battle of the Milvian Bridge, October 28, 312 AD, Constantine reportedly saw the sign of Christ in the sky. The sign of Christ was the first two Greek letters of the name Christ. The first letter is written as an X, it's called the Chi, and the second letter is written as a P, but it's called the Rho. And so Constantine put the Chi Rho, or the XP, 
on all his military banners. After his victory, Constantine ended the persecution of Christians with the Edict of Milan in 313 AD. This is the first time in history that Christians were not persecuted by the government. Over the centuries, the sign of Christ was shortened to just the chi or X. It was called the Christ's Cross or Crisscross. This is the origin of Xmas. During the reign of Constantine, Nicholas was let out of prison. Now that it was legal to be a Christian, he preached publicly against pagan sexual immorality. He condemned the worship of the fertility goddess Artemis, or Diana, whose temple was nearby, just as the Apostle Paul did, as recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 19. The temple to Diana at Ephesus was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was twice as big as the Parthenon. It had 127 huge pillars and temple prostitutes. It was the Las Vegas of the Mediterranean world. Nicholas preached his fire and brimstone sermons, and it led the people of Myra to tear down their local temple to Diana. And shortly thereafter, through the preaching of St. John Chrysostom, the Archbishop of Constantinople, in 397 to 403 AD, the people there tore down the enormous temple to Diana at Ephesus. During this time, the Greek Olympics were ended which were considered pagan as they competed naked. Nicholas preached against divination, human sacrifice, exposure of unwanted infants, which was the Roman pagan equivalent to abortion and killing babies after birth. Then the first major church heresy began. A church leader named Arius began the Arian heresy, saying Jesus was a created being and less than God. Arius wrote a catchy song, resulting in many Visigoth immigrants into Rome converting to Arianism. The heresy did not end until Constantine ordered all the bishops to come to Nicaea in 325 AD. It was the first time all the bishops throughout the entire Christian world had met together. There they ended the heresy by writing the Nicene Creed. The tradition is that St. Nicholas attended the Council of Nicaea and was so upset at Arius for starting this heresy that he slapped him across the face. So evidently, jolly old St. Nick had a little temper. Not only did Nicholas confront heretics, but also corrupt government politicians. One story was a governor, in order to cover up his immoral acts, had falsely accused some innocent soldiers and sentenced them to be executed to cover up his crimes. Unfortunately, this type of behavior still happens today. When Nicholas heard of the planned executions, he rushed down, broke through the crowd, grabbed the executioner's sword and threw it down, and then publicly rebuked the governor, revealing by knowledge the Holy Spirit had given him the governor's evil deeds. The governor fell on his knees and begged Nicholas to pray for him. Greek Orthodox tradition tells many answers to prayer that Nicholas had, one was a storm. It was so violent that fishermen and sailors were unable to get back to shore. So the people begged Nicholas to help. He went down to the docks and prayed, and the sea became calm so the fishermen and sailors could return safely to port, similar to the way Jesus calmed the sea in Matthew chapter 8. This led to Nicholas being considered the patron saint of sailors. When a famine spread across the land, Nicholas asked merchants 
carrying grain from North Africa to Rome to unload some grain for his people, promising that God would bless the sailors for their kindness. On their return trip, the sailors reported that the grain that was left in their ship had multiplied like the little widow's meal barrel as promised by Elijah in the first book of Kings. St. Nicholas died December 6th, 343 AD, and generations followed his example of giving gifts to those in need. The Dutch pronunciation of St. Nicholas is Sinterklaas or Sant Niklaus. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of How We Got Here. God bless you.